And it is uh, time for the Association of Municipal Employee Report with the uh, president of the great union, the largest independent union, by the way, in the state of New York, AME, Suffolk County Association Municipal Employees, Dan Leveler, of course, uh, his name. We're talking about representation of over 6,000 active, ladies and gentlemen, 4,000 or so retired Suffolk County workers. And you know where they are in place. Uh, so many uh, areas, civil service, crossing guards, we talk about it all the time, finance, technology, uh, parks, medical examiners, I could go on and on and on. They are the engine, as far as I'm concerned, of Suffolk County, and he the engine behind them. And the fine president with us in his usual spot, second Friday of the month. Mr. Lebla, how are you? Good morning, Jay. How are you? I'm doing okay as, uh, you know, we we get in through this, on through this uh, this absolute nightmare, but we will get through it. I say it all the time, every day, as I leave the airwaves, we will get through it together. And that is the mantra of the great union, right? Working together. Absolutely, Jay. You know, I mean, these are, these are very trying times. I mean, it's been months now of, of sustained, you know, communal stress, right? Like not just on an individual level, but as a community across Long Island, across New York, across the country, uh, and even the globe, you know, with this health crisis, uh, the personal stress that that causes you and the stress to the community, um, the financial side of things and, and the impact that that's going to have. And now, you know, I mean, the unrest, uh, coast to coast and, and even globally as well, uh, in terms of, of, uh, you know, um, the public outcry. I mean, you know, there's, there's just, there's just so much going on. Uh, it's hard not to be tired, maybe not sleepy, but tired. Takes its all. There's no question. So as we get into the uh, phase two aspect of things, as far as Long Island is concerned, and, you know, I think about offices and, you know, people returning and, you know, kind of in compliance, guidelines, distancing, preventative measures, all, all that uh, in play. I mean, what is uh, what, what is the latest as far as the government offices and reconfiguration i would think plexiglass you know desks six feet apart i mean there's there's a whole thing going on here as far as kind of uh constructing and reconstructing and everything else right yeah well you know uh at the onset of this crisis something happened we never thought would happen which was you know everybody go home like no nobody nobody ever calls break on the work day for months at a time that happened like you know it was, it was like a light switch here's the executive order that's it everybody go home uh in terms of reopening there's a lot of great guidance out there uh it always is a question of you know who's following that guidance and who's just doing whatever they feel like they can get away with um but you know i think the reopening process is going to be a little more time consuming you know, ensuring, one, that you meet capacity requirements for the building, um, that you don't have more than 50% of your workforce, uh, ensuring that social distancing measures are in place, training is in place, 
uh, cleaning measures are up to par. You know, I mean, this, there's a lot that goes into this to get things up and running again. Uh, so, you know, and uh, in terms of government, uh, there was a number of functions that were able to be done remotely. Uh, they worked out fine in this whole process. So it really doesn't need to be a rush. To, to run everybody back in the building when those functions work just fine remotely. Yeah, uh, and it's all it's all about safety. You know, you got to make sure the safety yeah. uh, measures are in place. You know, listen, it's real. You know, folks. I mean, you, and that's really what it comes down to. Have you gotten a lot of concern calls? Dan, as far as, you know, with phase two and people, you know, people have been working remotely, we know, for the last uh, 10 weeks or so. But uh, have there been calls of concern just to kind of make sure that the offices are complying and 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 it's really a safety uh, situation right now? What about that? Well, sure. It, it, it's a safety situation for the workforce, but it's a safety situation for the public as well. You know, exposure works both ways. We want to make sure uh, that everybody coming into government offices, whether they work there or they're coming in to receive government services, uh, can be safe and will be safe. Uh, I would say, you know, with regard to, you know, phone calls, yes, there are a lot of phone calls, and they really, they really fall into two categories. The one category that would be obvious, I think, to everyone is, I'm not sure what's happening. Can you tell me what's happening? You know, am I going back to work? Will things be cleaned properly? Will I be afforded the option to stay socially distanced? Will I be required to wear a mask at all times or just when I'm within a certain distance of someone? You know, all of those common I'm not sure what's expected of me here. You know, can I get some guidance? And again, I think there's good guidance out there. It's just a question of whether or not that's readily available to everybody. And it really kind of needs to be. Uh, write down a you know prominent signage in the building for anyone who comes in, whether they're a member of the public uh, or, or the workforce. The other category I would say I get a lot of calls on is, you know, that there are certain things that still haven't opened up. This is phase two. Uh, and there are child care needs. And there are people that, work remotely, have been working remotely, and also have child care issues. So, you know, the concern is, you know, if I get called back in, I don't want to choose between my child and my ability to feed my child through work. But, you know, I also can't leave my child at home. You know, someone someone in the home maybe has, um, you know, pre-existing condition or in some way is at risk, you know, if they were to get COVID. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the spouse or the family member living in the house concerned if I get called back into work, you know, what will happen there. And, and as we get these phone calls, we work on them. And we find reasonable accommodations. There's plenty to do. Uh, there's plenty that needs to be done in person. And there's plenty that can be done remotely. So figuring all of that out is going to, you know, that's just going to be a constant effort. And no doubt like about said, it. Uh, you know, when we shut down, it was a light switch opening back up. It's going to be a process. No question. Dan Leveler, AME president. I was reading your comments uh, in the in the Newsday piece, 
And, you know, the thing that really got me was, and, you know, you hit it on the head as far as childcare, especially. I think of those folks, you know, who, who are ready to go back, yet, you know, what do you do with the kids? You know, I mean, there's, there's so many questions when it comes to that. That's why, you know, you look to the fall and still, you know, and you know, school's going to be open, not to be open. There's a lot of, a lot of questions, but childcare. Cool really remains at the forefront as far as conversations, uh, you know, as far as when people can feel comfortable going back to their offices and everything else. What do you do with your kids? That's a big, big concern as well, I would think. You know, your comments, I thought, Newsday were right there. Yeah, that was, you know, that was exactly the point of, of, you know, what was coming in, you know, the feedback that I was getting. You know, single parents saying, listen, I don't have anyone I can rely on for this, and there isn't the service I can use. That I can gain access to, not readily, not easily. Uh, in addition to that, you have situations where you know spouse or partner is is, um, you know, like they they have to be at their job, and someone else has to be home. Like so, you know, like there's this, there are so many different variables, and writing a blanket rule across the board for everyone is difficult because all of the departments have different levels of in-person need and remote work. So just trying to figure out how to keep government operational in the way it was pre-COVID and during COVID while still accounting for the fact that human beings have other people they have to take care of that rely on them uh, in order to stay alive, healthy and safe. Without question, president of the great union association, municipal employees, let's shift a little bit here. Uh, I know you have been very vocal as far as funds and, you know, it's interesting. And, and we kind of explained it to the audience over and over regarding how important sales tax revenue is uh, to uh, budget numbers and everything else uh, that are contributors as far as a very healthy economy. Well, guess what? With everything closed down, uh, there's a lack thereof. And I know you've been vocal. You know, you've, you're reaching out to a lot of people, Congressman Lee Zeldin, in, in just trying to maintain the fact that, hey, you know what? We need some help here. Uh, how important, uh, how important is it? I mean, you're right there. Uh, how important is it? Explain to the audience, Dan, you know, of well, making I, sure I, I that, that people are helping along the way and government and everything else. And they realize the situation a lot of folks are in right now. Yeah. 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 But, you know, again, I, I see this as a regional issue, not just a labor issue. You know, I think this is going to have an impact on everyone. It's something that's important to us because of the impact it's going to have on our membership but our membership provides services. You know, without mincing words, Suffolk County had a financial problem before all of this. This is now further exacerbated. Um, you know, some things were open. They were making sales. They were generating sales tax. Other things were closed, and that wasn't happening. People out of work don't tend to spend the money they have on hand. You know, they stay with the basics, the necessities. Uh, as things reopen and people start earning again, they're probably a little spooked from what happened last time and not knowing what's going to happen throughout the remainder of the year. You know, we have no cure. We have no vaccine. Could we shut down again? Nobody can give you a straight answer. Nobody can say definitively, no, we won't. Uh, so people will be cautious with their money. All of that's going to have an impact as to what revenues are generated on sales. Necessities are still going to happen. People are going to buy the basics that they need, 
but more, more. I don't, I don't, want, I don't even want to call it frivolous spending, but you know, those those things you want rather than the things you need. We're going to see less and less of that moving. People are going to move more and more towards savings, um, and, and that's going to further complicate the financial issue that existed pre-COVID. Um, and this is not going to happen just in Suffolk County. This is going to happen coast to coast. The fact of the matter is, you know, the federal government stepping in and helping people out in the way they have already was very important. To me, it's equally important that they ensure that all, you know, states and local governments remain uh, operational. You know, there's going to be some debt involved. Everybody's going to get hit with this. Uh, but but things still need to go on. You know, government can't fail you in a crisis like this, just like the healthcare system can't fail you in a crisis like this. And I think eyes are a, a lot more widely open to the fact that these things need to be addressed. But without first seeing a response on the federal level that renders aid to states and local governments, to keep them afloat, to keep things going. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, how can we financially get out of this as a nation? And infrastructure is a big part of that. Public works as a concept was started in a down economy to stimulate the economy. Infrastructure will be a way that this country can recover from this crisis. But in the interim, bills are due. Things have to be paid. Lights have to stay on. People need the office space that they're working in to, to, to be able to work in. All, all, all sorts of things have to go on. Uh, so we think it's really important to make sure that our representatives hear from us. We know this is a chorus across the country. Our biggest concern is if New York says, we need help, and I have six emails and two letters that say how important it is, Someone from another state is saying, I have 600,000 emails and 400,000 letters. Who's more likely to get the larger piece of the age? Suffolk County has been a donor county in terms of taxation to the state, the money we give to the state versus the money the state provides back in aid. And Suffolk County has been a donor county to the federal government in that same way. Not that things haven't worked. But in this period of time, what we need is our fair share. We need to get not more than what we give, but at least equal to what we give in order to sustain what it is we do for everyone, how we keep this economy running, how we keep um, you know, Long Island and the state of New York solvent and operation. Right. You know, if you if you listen and follow, you know, the state this this state contributes more to the federal government than any state in the union. And they go above and beyond. I mean, the numbers are insane. $29 billion, I think, the last one I heard. Over, ladies and gentlemen, over, over and beyond. Okay? And, and it's funny. I always By remember way, Mitch McConnell. That's not the state's yeah. money. That's your money. You are, we, exactly. That that's where and, it comes and, from. And, and, you, and you, you, know, you get comments, and the, the comments throughout this you know, catastrophe has, has been that always, always has stuck in my mind. Mitch McConnell, you know, the blue state that New York is go bankrupt. That's the answer. Uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, it's funny. 
his state, which is the state of Kentucky, uh, is third from the bottom. Okay, as far as yeah. contribution, contribution. Yeah. But yet, but yet we have a majority leader in our in our Senate on Capitol Hill making these comments. I mean, you know, you yeah. talk about not sticking together. Uh, you talk about disparaging remarks. Uh, that will always stand out to me as far as what you're saying here, too, you know. Yeah. And as as they contribute less than everyone else, they receive more in aid than most other places, almost equal to what it is New York gives in excess, you know. We've got we've to gotta give back. This is, to me, you know, I mean, you know, we're talking about red and blue. This is so far beyond a partisan issue, you know. This is survivability at this point. I don't care if the Dems or the Republicans come up with the package. Somebody's got to step up to the plate. Uh, and, you know, again, we really we recognize that uh, Congressman Zeldin really is in a great position to effectively communicate and get something done for our region. And that's why, you know, we're specifically calling on him uh, and, 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 you know, writing to him. Uh, sending him physical mail because we want to make sure that he's armed at the time he makes his plea for our region with, I'm hearing from people. And it's, it, it literally isn't an issue that's blue or red. And it isn't an issue of public employee versus private employee. This is a regional issue that affects us all in the same way that COVID does. That's why I'm talking about this fiscal crisis. You know, this fiscal crisis, like COVID, is indiscriminate in who it harms. And, and that's why you're, you're right. You know, and, and listen, when it's all said and done, a lot of these individuals are going to be graded because how they get us out of this mess will determine their fate. And I talk about it all the time when it comes to the polls and everything else. This is what people have to remember now. And this is why, you know, and Zelda's done some good things here. You know, he's aligned himself properly. You know, as far as the secretary of the treasury and the stimulus and everything else and then how the county is going to get funded when when sometimes, you know, there's a threshold of numbers that maybe the county wouldn't qualify. He made sure we did. Uh, but there's so many factors here. And I and listen, businesses are hanging on now. You know, Dan, I mean, unemployment yeah. numbers are high here. You know, it doesn't help businesses that uh, some of the unemployment line get that extra six hundred. You know, there, there, there are some who want to see that carry over into January. You know, I don't know about that. I don't know if there's going to be a survivability number there. But in essence, these are all factors that you have to look at. And it's about right not right now. You, you The word, the magic word you just said is surviving. It's survivability. And we have to figure it out. And we need a lot of help here. It's a team effort. And it's not a partisan. There, there are no party lines involved, although we keep hearing and seeing and reading and everything else. You know, it's it's so much party back and forth, political football. How you could politicize this is uh, beyond me. But unfortunately, you know, you see that right now. Yeah, and it is exhausting. I think it's the thing that people most dislike about the political process. You know, having two people sit in a room and say, we definitely have to provide aid. And then arguing back and forth about how to get there, but sharing that goal of providing aid, that's a far cry from what I think we see in public comments. And that's what we want to know that our government is doing for us right now, saying, I don't care whose idea it is, 
Let's get the best ideas to the table and let's figure out how to get this done. You know, getting, getting stimulus money and then providing infrastructure projects creates, you know, it, it creates income for people that otherwise wouldn't be working. And those people are going to be able to go out and spend and keep businesses afloat, trickle up economics as opposed to trickle down economics. You know, it's very easy for somebody. And, I, you know, and again, I think the number of people that are in this position are way fewer than maybe we perceive it as. But there are a few people that could just shove their doors and ride it out. But most people are living way closer to the edge than you would think. And their business needs to stay up and running so they can provide for their workers and they can provide for their own family. So we need to, we need to come together, put aside, you know, political party A or B, and say, this needs to get done. We're taking all suggestions, throw them in a pile. We're going to find out how to put together a package that works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing that lacks is just communication. We don't see enough of it. That is the key. Discussions are so important, ongoing. And, and, once, and, and again, we can't reiterate it enough, uh, nonpartisan. Uh, and you must be bipartisan in your approach here. It's working together. It is the very reason why we elect individuals to take our voices where they need to be heard. And thus, if changes to be made, that's the way it's got to be. We cannot afford what's going on these days. And it has to happen immediately. I'll tell you that much. Dan Levler uh, with us. Dan. Uh, I heard a great story, if you can convey to the audience, my friend, uh, about a member uh, and a special needs child and how the union came through uh, for this individual. I, I thought it was a great story. Uh, contact Tracer and everything else. If you can convey that, please. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Jay, there are a lot of stories just like this. Um, so, you know, calling out, you know, one specific instance is helpful as, as a way to understand what it is we're doing, but this has been happening a lot. Uh, and, and, you know, so essentially we had a member, uh, who had a job that, that, you know, required a, an in-person presence, the healthcare crisis being what it is, their child with special needs, uh, family member ill in the household. Uh, and at risk for, for COVID exposure. And, you know, we sat down, we figured out, you know, what are the issues? And then we sat down with, with, uh, with management and we said, listen, you know, there isn't a cookie cutter solution. There isn't just one thing that we can do that can apply to everyone. And in this instance, and actually in another, a number of others, we need special consideration here. Can we figure something out? This person is willing to do whatever they can, however they can, to be there for government and, and keep Suffolk County, you know, operational. But they can't provide you an in-person presence. Is this something we can do? And we sat down and we looked at options and we talked it through and we talked it through with our member and we found a solution for them. Uh, but we do this often. We do this often because... The fact of the matter is there isn't, you know, everybody isn't living the home life that maybe you are or that maybe I am. You know, everybody has different needs, different situations, 
And so being able to sit down and talk these things through and find a solution that doesn't impact the bottom line of government, things keep getting done, people keep working, uh, but, but you know, accounting for health and safety, thinking like we talked about earlier, child care needs, uh, loved ones in the household with special needs, you know, all these things need to be considered. And it's something that we're, we're proud to do, and normally we just do this. We don't often talk about it. It just happened to come up in conversation. That's why we're talking about it now. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, this is this is a constant in, in inside labor unions, constantly advocating the special circumstances with your membership. Uh, and again, this is just it's a proud example of you know us doing our job and getting things done, and you know not impacting the bottom line of government, but realizing that there was a special need and finding a way to get to yes. Well, uh, listen, it all goes back to what I say uh, a lot, and I always refer to this one guy, and it's the sports thing. Bill Belichick, very successful Super Bowl winning coach, Mr. Leveler. You know him well uh, with yeah. uh, with uh, uh, 10 championships, including the Giants and what he's done with the Patriots. But, you know, his, his mantra is, is basically just do your job. You know, that's what he expresses to his team. And guess what? They've won six of nine Super Bowls. So I would say his team has done their job. And that's it in life. If everybody would just do your job, we'd be better off as a society. And your great union is uh, exemplary of that. So I give you a lot of credit for being a leader there. Good I appreciate it, Jay. You know, and I go one step further, you know, be proud of the job you do. Because no matter what your job is, everything falls apart if you're not doing it. And that goes for everyone everywhere, you know. Uh, I believe that very much so for my members. But there isn't an industry that I can think of where you shouldn't be proud of what you do. Always a pleasure. That was a good spot today. A uh, lot happening. Uh, phase two and uh, hopefully phase three very soon. You stay well. Anything you need from us, platform of any kind, you know we're here for you. I appreciate it, Jay. Stay well. By the way, it would be remiss of me. I almost did. <laughs> Dan's got a he's got a great show. Listen, I listen all the time. Sundays, eight o'clock, right here on LA News Radio. Uh, Dan does a show, Suffolk Matters, and it's a wonderful show. He talks with so many great people, uh, heads of state, officials of the county throughout the island, membership, uh, and I'll tell you, a wonderful job. I've caught many an episode, and I listen. I listen all the time, and even if it's not 8 o'clock sharp, I listen on the archive, and people should really tune in because it really gives you that that sense, that one-on-one president, uh, official, and it's, it's just enlightening. Tremendous stuff, Dan, 8 o'clock. I really appreciate it, Jay. And, uh, you know, I say this every time, but it is very true. It all started here. Uh, if, if it hadn't been, you know, with working with you and, and you know, getting my on-air legs, so to speak, uh, none of this would have happened. Um, but definitely, I, I appreciate the support. It's darn good, man. I mean it. Good stuff. You stay well. You stay healthy. We need your leadership, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jay. Stay safe.